This podcast is coming out so late, so I wanted to do some announcements really quick because tonight at midnight, the 16th, enrollment is back open for the mystery mail call. That's right. We sold out last month. We had to cut the deadline to sign up by a few days. We're going to open enroll it tonight because your boy got Wolverine number one, the Lee in Hyuk variant. It's freaking Old Man Logan versus Wolverine. How dope is this variant? It's an $8 MSRP. Comic fam, join the community if you haven't done so already. We're doing some crazy stuff. We're also sending out uh, FF49 and a Silver Surfer 3. I just got done pressing both of these. I'm excited to send these out in the mail call in February. Link is in the description. And reminder, we sold out last month. Get on it. Thank you, Marvel. Enjoy the podcast. Comic fam, thank you so much for joining us today. Ryan, how you doing, my man? I'm super you're super. You're supposed to be gone in 10 minutes because you have to work tonight, but you're sticking around for the comic book community. Thanks. Thanks for that it. reminder. You know what else I want to thank you for? What's up? Dude, you got me into the Harley Quinn cartoon. You got to explain to the community how you did it. This is insane. Been waiting a long time to hear somebody say that because I feel like I'm the only one that's been watching this damn thing. You texted me like three times. You're like, Tom, are you watching this? And I said, no. And then he texted me again. He said, yo, you need to ask Eris over at Variant because we know he's a huge Harley Quinn fan. He's like, dude, is Eris watching this Harley Quinn show? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him. And then today you came over and you're like, dude, did you watch it? And then you showed me something. And I'm like, oh, I got This is crazy. It's so probably, I started watching it. It's probably this video I found is probably my favorite four minute like segment of this entire show. But it's a little clip from, I think, the fourth episode or something of this cartoon that's been on the DC Universe app. Okay, clarify so. that. This is a cartoon, an original Animated series for adults, by the way. This is not kid-friendly, even though it is a cartoon. Uh, it's on the DC Universe subscription app. And uh, yeah, I don't even like Harley Quinn. And this cartoon has been blowing my mind every single week. But we found, I showed Tom this little clip of Batman getting in a fight with uh, King Shark. He's trying to save Robin. Correct. <laughs> Robin. Yes, Damian Wayne finds himself in a little bit of trouble. And uh, Batman comes in. Fights a shark for a little bit. It's like wrestling him. Right. And he busts out a can of shark repellent. Dude, the freaking shark, shark repellent? From the movie, from the Adam West film back in the day. Hand me down the shark repellent bat spray. From like the 60s. This is crazy, dude. It's a nice little wink and a nod. Oh my gosh. I hit so close to home that I already got it on my screen. We watched one episode and I'm going to be going through it this week. I'm so excited. Comic fam, if you watch this, put your answers in the comment section below. I want to know if anyone's already watched this and I want to know what you think. And if you do that thing by commenting, we'll enter you to win a giveaway. We have this Excalibur hidden gem variant. Who is that going out to? That is going out to Chris Raniello. That's right, Chris. Congratulations. We have a packed show today. We make a lot of comic book themed content. We make this podcast every single week. And dude, it's a packed one. We have like Donny Kate stuff, of course, because he's, dude, he's always killing it. This dude's awesome. Um, we also are talking about a backpack. Yeah, a freaking backpack. I got to talk to the community about a backpack you need to know about. And then what else we got on this list, dude? Oh, of course. If you don't know what this is, well, you're going to know soon. But those of you who know, oh, you know. Are you afraid of the dark, baby? We're getting into that, too. We're bringing back a few segments we started a couple of weeks ago. We got the, whoa, that's a comic. Comics in other media. What we're going to do is get into one of my new favorite segments, News Nuggets. What's News Nuggets, Ryan? News Nuggets. Nuggets of news. Nuggets of news. It's when we take down, like, we communicate stories and, and news that isn't, like, really 
big enough for a whole segment, but we, right. we put them together and then we just give them to you real quick. You know what? Because we have a couple really exciting things that played out this last week. And we're first going to be talking about lock and key. My dad's really happy right now. He is. You mentioned a while ago that your dad is a big fan of the Lock and Key comic, and since I knew the show was and coming Joe out. And Joe Hill and Stephen King. I grew up reading all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I knew the show was coming out, so I figured it's probably a good time to actually start reading this series. I never have. So I've read like the first four trades in like the last month, and oh my goodness. Every time you come over, you're like, dude, Lock and Key is really good. Lock and Key is actually really good. Like, go figure. It's a classic for a reason. Break it down in the easiest way, because it's kind of, uh, it's yeah. Joe Hill, so it's got his like father's style horror a little bit. So he's got a taste of this horror, but there's this like whimsical aspect of his writing too. It's a little more uh, childlike, because mm-hmm. it's, it's based around the, the children of this, this Lock family, hence Lock and Key. The, um, Almost a Narnia feel to a degree. It, it feels kind of Narnia-ish. It's about a group of little siblings. Like there, there's uh, two brothers, I believe, and a sister. Don't quote me on that. It's been a while. Um, they have to move into this old family house of theirs that they uh, inherit after their father is brutally murdered, and uh, they just discover there's like magical keys that kind of open different doors in the house. And the whole series is about them kind of learning more and more of the mysteries that go on in this creepy house that they're all living in. All of a sudden, are they keys? Or are they weapons? You got to read this comic book. And aside from that, there's a trailer that just dropped. And dude, does it look good? It looks very accurate. I was I was a little concerned. Freaking but, Animorphs? Right? Yep. Yep. Sean Ashmore's in this. And I'm like, dude, you know who that is, right? And you're like, oh, dude, that's Iceman. I know exactly who that is. I can spell his name for some weird reason. Dude, you knew that a little too quick. I'm like, right? oh, that's Animorphs, dude. I have a weird like database. I have like IMDb in my head sometimes. What was his name in Animorphs? And Animorphs? That, that was Jake, man. That was the main character. Jake, that's right. When the hawk's name was Tobias. Right. Ah, uh, dude. Tobias did anyone read team. Animorphs? Come on, help me out here. But yeah, this trailer looks good. The it's gonna be on Netflix. It's right. gonna be a show, and I'm excited to watch it. This may be the next Umbrella Academy. I'm hoping. Yes, I'm hoping it, it kind of takes off in the same way that Umbrella Academy did last year. All right, I'm excited to watch it, and I'm also excited to watch. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. New Mutants. Right? I never thought this would actually happen, but the movie appears to be actually coming out now. Doesn't feel right to say it, man. No. They filmed this like three years ago. Okay, so Josh Boone, this is what he said. He tweeted this out um, over on Twitter, Josh Boone Movies. He said that the New Mutants film is PG-13. It's always going to be PG-13. It was never intended to be R, which is interesting because he is saying that because all we heard last year was this is going to be a rendition, but it's going to be horror-themed. We're actually talking about a lot of scary stuff today. It does seem to be a trend throughout multiple podcasts that we do, too. Not just this one, but, you know, you and I love horror. Yeah, you're going to hear about this a little bit more. <laughs> but what I can say is that Bill, Bill S., Bill Sinkevich, went to Twitter and backed up this rating. Right, that, that it, the movie was always planned to be a PG-13 rating, that there was never really any possibility of it ever being an R-rated movie. And he goes on to say that, based off of what he's seen, that it's a scary movie but it's pg-13 but it's not campy it's not like the typical horror tropes that you get bored of people split off one by one and get picked off like no that's not what you're gonna go see you're gonna see an actually well-crafted narrative and if bill likes it and it's a horror movie and it's the same director like he's he's approving this cut of the film like this was his inspired version and what he's bringing to screen he's happy with it's not being diced up. It's not going to get the Dark Phoenix treatment. We're getting original content. I'm like, okay, I want to see it. And then it hit me who Anya Taylor-Joy is, who is going to be playing Magic right. in New Mutants. 
She looked a little familiar. She's got a face that stands out. I'm like, out. how do I know this person? Exactly. Like, like, do look- I actually know her? We looked it up. We uh, we know her. Yeah, dude. She's the lead in The Witch, one of my favorite horror movies. Tom and I are big fans of that movie. Dude, I'm A24, man. They get me. They, they really out, do. They put out the best. And she was in The Witch. She looks kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got that look, dude. I don't know if you've ever seen VHS, but the... Uh, no, nothing there. Okay, well, if you, comic fam, you know what I'm talking about because VHS is a horror anthology, and the first one's about a succubus who it she, didn't pass my bar. She's got the eyes, man, is what I'm trying to say. I looked at that movie and was like, pass. <laughs> Not so doesn't, much. Doesn't look good for me. So maybe I'll maybe I'll sit through it. But you, know. you got to watch that. Movie. Okay, but I'm we're very... gonna watch New Mutants, and we're gonna come back on the mic and have to talk about it because. I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about this. Comic fan, what do you think about this? Are you going to watch this? Or I'm has really the, nervous. I'm really nervous. nervous. There was, it was almost didn't happen. Like, they filmed it, and it, it almost just got completely killed. It doesn't matter, because, like, even if it does good, like, okay, it does good. We're probably going to see more. If it doesn't, well, they, I don't think anyone was, expect, was expecting it to be good. So Yeah, I thought it was a done deal. I didn't think this movie was ever going to come out. So I'm excited that we get to see it. Okay, well, something that I'm hoping we get to see... We have some news from CBR. Let me read this here. It says, according to several reports, Marvel would regain the rights to the characters two years after the date of the cancellation of their respective series. Which We're talking characters? about Netflix, Marvel Heroes. The Defenders, Daredevil, Luke Cage, uh, uh, Iron Jessica Fist, Jones. Jessica Jones. Man, it's like several reports. If true, that would mean that Iron Fist would be back to play by October 12th. Luke Cage... October 19th and Daredevil November 29th. That's really close to one another at the end of the year. So there was a stipulation in the contracts when they did these Marvel Netflix shows that when the shows ended, if slash when they ended, they would have to wait. Marvel would have to wait two years after the shows were taken off of Netflix to be using those characters again. And it is now coming up at the end of this year. It'll be two years since the uh, the cancellation of Daredevil and Iron Fist. So... There's the potential for those people to reprise to pop their up. role, maybe. Like that's the that's the question. Would they would they get the same actors back? Those people have already signed new things. They've already had new projects. They're off doing other things. These shows are canceled. It's weird, but like I can imagine maybe a new Daredevil. I think he's a big enough character, but man, it's I so don't want to see a new Luke Cage take that role. A new Jessica Jones. Take I thought that they. Role. All, I thought they did really good. I really liked Iron those Fist. Shows. Okay, maybe a lot of people didn't care for it, but still, I I think it was good enough. I mean, better than anything on the CW did. Yes, I agree. And the thought of them coming back is is pretty exciting, even if they have to recast them. I know that I know that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, who played uh, Kingpin in Daredevil, he's been Dude. on the record about wanting to come back. Okay. And, even if I it's in Spider-Man. take back everything I just said about Daredevil because if you change Daredevil, you're changing Kingpin, and I don't want that to happen, dude. He was so good. He is amazing. Unless you're gonna get Gem Mint, you know, call up Steven, make him put on that white suit. You know, you wouldn't really have bring to do the much Gempire, else. You're good to go. But you know, shout out uh, Gem Mint Collectibles. But comic fam, I want to know what you think. Do you want to see the Netflix superheroes that Marvel let them, you know, create original content for for so long? Do you want to see that continue? I mean, Punisher. We'd even bring up Punisher. They might be doing like extra seasons, like season four of Daredevil, for example. Or are they just restarting all new series? Like, or are they just going to insert these characters like Iron Fist, just slip them into Shang-Chi, for example? Like, they've got a lot of different options they could do with these characters, but what? Yeah, we want to know what you think in the comment section below. Let's move on to, well, 
a very important part of the show. We got to let the community know about our sponsor, Key Collector Comics, the best comic book app that exists on the market. If you currently have it, remind you that there's an update that is so good. I thought the app was already optimized. And then Nick's like, no, 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 no. Keep, go on there, do the update and see what I did. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he just made it that much better. There's a Donny Cates section now. Oh, we got to talk about it, man. There's a Donny Cates category. Does he have it right next to your head on the app? Because I feel like you guys belong next to each other. <laughs> Nick, make that happen. That's right. Hey, I'm probably going to have a button pretty soon. You know, we got all these variants coming out. I want to be able to showcase <laughs> the variants, the ones that do well in the market, oh, right? Oh, man. There's, there's criteria. You know, not everything gets uploaded. But Donny Cates just made it on the app, his own category. What's going on? What did he tweet out? He has finished the script for God Country. He's been writing the screenplay based on his own comic book so now he's done with the screenplay the screenplay is done the movie is ready to uh kind of take the next steps yeah he got paid for the script and he's saying that he's open to writing more movie scripts because he had fun doing it now i just want to remind the community over on key collector there's key alerts right so you keep up with what's going on in the comic book market but there's so many titles and sometimes you're like i wonder what the last update was like maybe i missed something you know, or you want to kind of figure out what that track record is for a particular title. This is a great opportunity to do so because Key Collector Comics now has sorted their alert section. So all you have to do is type in the title and it's going to bring up every alert that's happened. And I want to give credit where credit's due. On July 14th, 2018, this alert went out. Well, it might not be for today or tomorrow. I believe we will be receiving an announcement that this property, God Country, will be developed very soon. Subtle rumors on Twitter and Buzz is getting louder. All right, that was in July. The very next month, we have another key alert that says, God Country is optioned, but pending announcement because of final negotiations. So it wasn't announced 100%, but it was enough for a key alert because we had insider information and good reason to bring it up. Key Collector, that is. We weren't working with Key Collector back in 2018. But then... This past week, we are hearing confirmation from Donny Cates himself that he finished the script. There was nothing in between that. Like a year and a half. A year and a half. So God Country right now, number one, seeing $50 highs. People are excited about this title, seeing it in advance. So I wanted to look in this category that's been created for Sir Cates. He needs his own freaking category because he's killing it in the comic book collector's market. Right. So let's just bring up one more time his first published work. His first published Marvel work? No, no. We're going to go first, like, just anything. Anything. Ant-Man and the Wasp, issue number two. February 2011. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago. We just did a giveaway. And, yeah, he did the summary of... A little stick figure synopsis summary at the beginning, like... That's right. Previously on Ant-Man kind of thing. But I want to get caught up too much in that because we've already shared that with the community. I want to talk about some other ones that are on this category list Please. that you just got to know about. Dark Horse Presents issue number 24. This came out in May 2013. We're going back a few years here. This is way before Cosmic Ghost Rider, Thanos wins, any of this stuff. This is back when he was just earning his writing chops. Working for Dark Horse. First written work in the comic book industry officially. It's a story called Armageddon Out of Here. It's an affordable book. It's a thicker book, harder to find in high grade. Like Armageddon Out of Here? Yep. Okay, that took me a minute. It's a nice little play on words. So that's a full story he wrote instead of just a little brief one-page synopsis. That's right. And the okay. book is like a $25 book on average. But again, high grade because it was thicker. Those Dark Horse books were 
you know, these, they were really glossy, really prone to fingerprints and things like that. Would be a really cool one to get signed, though. All right. This other one that I have to mention is Ghost Fleet. It's an ash can. There's no number to it. People are going, what the heck is Ghost Fleet? All right. It came out in June 2014. So like year or so after. Still pretty early. Right? So this yeah. is early Donny Cates. But this is what Donny Cates had to say about this ash can. And by the way, there's no apparent value to this because they just don't hit the market. Well, why don't they hit the market? Don Let Donnie explain it. He says, it's the first ash can I ever produced. Maybe the rarest book with my name on it. Oh, geez. I can feel you getting excited from across the table. I want it, dude. I want it. But let's chat about not just like his Dark Horse days and his ash can days. Let's get into his Marvel days. So if we're not counting the Ant-Man and the Wasp, like summary page at the beginning, the first full Marvel published work that Donny Cates did was in Secret Wars Battleworld, the second issue. It was like a tie-in series to Jonathan Hickman's 2015 Secret Wars event. Pretty cool. Goes for eight bucks. Not even that expensive. No. And for a first official Marvel published work with Donny Cates' name on it, I think that's an affordable but dope minor key. Plus, Secret Wars was a really cool event. Heck yeah, it was. Oh, and that's not all because we got to also bring up... The Drone? The Drone comic book. What's going on with this? So this other comic book was a tie-in, like a promotional comic book that was included in a drone that you could buy that was branded with Iron Man stuff. It was, you know, red and yellow Iron Man. It, was look, it looked like his armor. It looked like Tony Stark made this drone. Right, like a consumer drone that you can just buy and fly around and record things with. And in the box for the drone came a little Iron Man comic book that was written by Donny Cates. It was called Iron Man, presented by DJI, number one. What's pretty fun is that this is a month after the Secret Wars Battle World 2 debut at Marvel. So it's a month later. This could be his second official Marvel work. I'm not sure about that. I'd have to go through and see if there was anything that came out. I'd be very interested in to know how weeks. many of these are even out there, too. Like how many people bought this drone and how many people knew that this comic you know, was even worth anything? How many got thrown in the trash? Like It's a promotional book. No yeah. one cared that it was written by Donny Cates at that time. It's a $3 issue when they hit the market, but keep an eye out for this one. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. Also, at the end of the month, there's a special occasion happening that we want to make sure the community knows about. Ooh, the Torpedo. Torpedo Comics. You know, we got all of our friends over there. Shout out to Steve. Shout out to John. We got a bunch of dope people that support our show, and we appreciate them. And they have an event coming out at the end of the month. And, oh, can't forget about my homie Gabe as well. This guy's awesome. This is the only time I've ever wished I was anywhere close to Las Vegas. Yeah. It's too hot for me down there, but... I'll tell you, when I go to Las Vegas, because I've never been there either, I'm going to Torpedo. That's like the destination. There's all these people going to go see Penn and & Teller, and they want to go listen to Britney Spears live in concert, which, you know, I don't... Whatever you want to do, comic fam, you go do what you're you want to do. You're not going to Britney Spears? No, I'm not going to go to Britney Spears. Okay. I'm going to go to Torpedo Comics and check out the Gotham Vault. You can go to Britney Spears after. That's true. After Torpedo. Well... Anyways, Torpedo Comics are hosting an event at the end of the month, January 24th, and they're going to have two major creators there. You have Jim Lee and Donnie Cates doing their first signing together. That sounds so cool. And I know they have some like options that you can, you know, it's like a membership that you can pay for and get some fun stuff on the cheap. I think and they offer discounts for signings in the future or something. So if you, if you want to go to a bunch of, you know, Torpedo signings, that might be something to look into. But even if you just do this one thing, like Donnie Cates and Jim Lee, man, that's so cool. And I'm just going to put the link to Torpedo Comics' Instagram in the description below. So go follow them, of course. And if you're in the 
Las Vegas area. You're going to want to go and hit this shop just to enjoy it or to meet some legends in the industry. All right, calling Donny Kate's a legend. I don't even care. He's Sir yeah, Kate's. yeah. All right, and that moves us on to our next segment of the show because of Torpedo Comics. I told you we have to talk about a backpack, and this backpack has been sitting here in a bag for months. It really has, and I've been waiting to do content on it, and then I've decided, oh my gosh, I haven't, I haven't looked into it. I well, convention like, time is like months away. Yeah, I haven't so, gone to a convention yeah, since gonna... I bought this backpack. Right. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the Hex X Jim Lee backpack for artists and comic collectors. It's true. That's All really right. what it's for. Take it right now. Oh, it's right there. Take okay, right that's here. helpful. All right. So this is what happened. I ordered this backpack because you can get it from Torpedo Comics. I'll put the link for that in the description below, of course. But this backpack is amazing. And I want to go through what's going on with this backpack because if you're going to a convention, I found the backpack you need. People ask me all the time, like, how can I prep for a convention? How can I keep my slabs in order? That's just a good tip in the first place. A backpack. Yeah. Like any kind of backpack. I went with I went just holding a store folio and doesn't work. You need okay. you need a backpack. Let's describe comic to the comic fam who are listening over on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, because we do continue this show after the camera shut off. We continue with more comic book themed content. Right. And let's describe what this backpack looks like for our audio listeners. It's pretty square. Why? <laughs> Why square in a, though? In a shape way. In a shape way. Which makes way. sense because it's it's whole it's for holding comic books and those are squares. Those oh. are nice rectangular square shapes. So this isn't for your standard stuff. You're not taking this to school. That's right. No, this is, you're taking this to conventions. You're taking this to your LCS. I want to um, kind of go through this, but this is the reason why I got so excited today because I, I didn't realize that there was something inside of this. Well, it's been sitting out here for months. We haven't gone to a convention, so, you know. I'm an idiot. No, I opened this up. And the first right. thing I want to just point out here, let's just go through some of the things that are in here. But the first thing I want to show is that Jim Lee and Torpedo Comics, they teamed up to make this backpack. Right. They did an Indiegogo. It's now available on their sites, 135 bucks. It's expensive, but you'll see why it's expensive in a second. And also, think about what you're going to put in here while I chat with you about this, and then assess if that price seems too high. But the first thing you see right on the top, Oof. Jim Lee art. This is right when you like, open the flap on the top, like on the inside of the flap. There's Jim Lee art, like done in, in really dark blue, so it doesn't it doesn't pop out too much, but it's classy, it's subtle. It's Batman. It, it's Batman. Okay. Thank oh, you. It's, it's clearly the Dark Knight, but okay. it looks like, like just an inside design. I didn't realize that it was Jim Lee art. So I'm, I'm so excited that Jim Lee had something to do with this. So yes. it's just like there's Jim Lee art on the inside. Freaking stoked about that. But then you open this up, and aside from there being like a spot that's as protected as you would need it to be to hold a laptop, yeah, it fits slabs. It absolutely Ooh. fits slabs. It fits so many slabs. And it doesn't just fit the slabs because, again, this is made for comic book collectors or artists. You can put stuff that you would be kind of concerned about in a backpack in here because the sides are laced with fleeced lined pockets so that it has like this layer of protection preventing bends. It's, it's hard. Yeah, stuff's not going to like rub into each other and everything too. That's right. They're not going to be rubbing. Um, and also you can fit raw comic books in here. I'm looking at what looks to be like an accordion style folder in here. And this is why I got excited. There are comics in here, dude. They sent giveaways for the comic fam. And I didn't even realize it because it fits them so snugly that it's like they weren't even there. You didn't even hear anything rattling around inside nope. when you got it? Oh, Look yeah, out. there's comics. They put raw comics in here. They shipped them from Las Vegas. This has been moved around multiple times because I've been delaying getting this video out. Look how nice those look. It's a backpack, too. That's probably something that just gets tossed around. Does that look like those were even slightly damaged? They should have been. Nope. Nothing. 
They look flawless. And we're going to be doing a giveaway courtesy of Torpedo Comics today. Thank you so much. Who's that Batman Who Laughs number one cover done by? This is a Tony Daniel cover. We're going to make sure that that goes out to one lucky member of the community. Let us know what you think about this video in the comment section below. But that's not all. So you can fit raw comics in here. Of course, I saw your storefolio. I wanted to show that you can fit a storefolio. So you mentioned. Storefolio fits in there. Have you ever walked around with these at a con? What do you do with it? You know, how do you go to the bathroom with a storefolio? You put them in a backpack. And I want to tell you what I do. This isn't enough room for me. No. No. That's I what need... I learned also. I... God. <sighs> Dude, Don't like... get just a storefolio. Get a backpack. But get something that holds more than like 10 comics like, like me. I encourage you to get more than one because, check this out, storefolio, I mean. Right. More than one storefolio because when I go to a convention, I'm t- carrying around like two or three. Sure. And when you put this in a standard backpack, you have three back to back with this hard edge. This is a hard, hard box. That digs into your back when you're walking around a convention floor. You want this tight to your back. Guess what? This fits inside. You're fine. This store folio fits in there so snug, so safely. And it gets even better because when you close it up, there's something you don't think about unless you're a comic book collector who's designing a backpack and like making a list of everything you want your backpack to have. There is this. Look at this. What is this? It's a hook right, right. here. Why is this hook here? I don't know. You see these? This is the zipper, how you open the comics? Oh. How you open your bag to get to your expensive yeah. comics you're walking around and someone's behind you and they're like, oh, you're, you're carrying a backpack and I want to look inside of it. Yeah, this hook right here goes through this. Good luck getting into that with this on my back. Yeah. That's not happening. Someone's your comics are secure. That's now, such a good idea. This front pocket, it's a big front pocket, right? Yes, that is. It's got like, it's got like spots for Sharpies and stuff in the. Okay. So yep. you want to know what's going to go there? Signature pens. My gold, my silver, right. my red, and my black Sharpies. Don't put it on the artist to have creative Sharpie colors for your comic books. Supply your own markers. Genius. Get your dope signature in the color you want it to be. And this right here, you notice how big that is? That looks like it should hold more than just markers. I'm going to show you what it's going to hold. What am I doing right now? You are inserting an Overstreet price guide into the front of the... Oh, wow. That is... It's literally perfect. The exact size of an Overstreet price guide. But here, I'll do you one better. You don't necessarily need your Overstreet price guide. You can just download Key Collector and use a different thing in here. You can put whatever you want. It's the 21st century. It is. But you know what? If you're going through and you have your Overstreet, which I still carry because you know what? What if you lose Wi-Fi? It happens at conventions. Yes. You know, carry your Bible around. It's okay. But it fits there. Um, This isn't... Uh, a, a paid sponsorship or anything like that. We are friends of Torpedo. Obviously, we support their endeavors. Good luck getting a company to make something like this. How is it that Diamond doesn't have this product or BCW? I want one. And yeah, I just, I recommend it. Um, if, if that doesn't get it for you, if you get prints at a convention, you know like what you do with those prints? Hang on to them. You hang on to them and by the end of the show, they're messed up. Sure. For me, I hate getting oversized stuff at conventions. I just don't do it. Where do you put them? You have to roll them up and hope that you don't yeah. screw them up. You put in your backpack, they get bent. You know what I'm talking about, comic fam. On the side here, yeah, this looks like a water bottle carrier. Sure. Nah. That's for your tube. You put you carry your tube on the side of your backpack and now your prints are safe. Comic fam. If you if you want to know how to keep your comics safe at a convention, this is the way to do it. Jim Lee style. We do get asked pretty often, like about about tips for, for first time con people. That's a good idea. I would, I, would, I would suggest that is a good idea. Learn from my mistakes. I went to my first con with just comics in my arm to get signed, and then I bought the store folio while I was there. And then you start thinking about more and more better ways you could do this next time. Backpack's a good idea. Let's move on to the next subject of the show, one of my favorite sections. There's a lot of favorite sections, but this one right here, it's, it brings us close to our community. We're talking about 
Viewer comments. Viewer comments. Your comments. The comments that you leave on our videos. First one is from Pretty Fly for a Filipino guy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Pretty good. Some offspring references. I like it. You guys get a like from me for liking others. You guys really care about the community. I like that. Ooh, he's talking about our shout out to Comic Book Palace. And I want to also mention that Jorge Felipe, I mentioned he was the cameraman of the show. He doesn't just do the filming. He's the editor. He's the creator. It's pretty cool to see someone who saw an opportunity at a store and is putting his time into making a YouTube channel around just comic book focus themes and what goes on in the day-to-day of a real comic book store. You're doing good work, sir. Creator and editor killing it. There were another another couple of comments I pulled from uh, a surprising reaction we had to the, uh, the Gold Balls t-shirt. Oh, yeah. That, that Nate uh, invented for us. Yeah, we made a, well, Nate made a mock-up of a t-shirt that said Gold Ballin' because of our, our comment about Gold Ballin'. We got, we, got, we got a good response to that. I don't know, man. That might have to actually happen. Uh, Roke Arias, if you make it, they will come. And if you do make a Gold Ball shirt, I will wear it oh, and send goodness. you a pic of me wearing it. <laughs> all right. He said it. So, all right, Nate. Got get another on one it. from Rita Yorn says, I would definitely wear that Gold uh, Ball shirt. Another one? There's, there are multiple comments on that video. Like, we, oh, we got, got some good response to the Gold oh. Ball shirt. So, that might actually need to. You think it's going to need to happen? I don't know. Like, maybe we're, maybe we're making a Gold Ball shirt. Okay. Comic fam, I'm telling Nate to make it. We'll see if our homie who's making our shirts can fulfill. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for a gold. You, you asked for it. I, I said if you would wear it, I'll make it. Right. I'm going to make it. I might have to wear one now. This one is from A. Briley. I could watch Tom and Fire Guy Ryan talk about the optimal soup temperature. Always an entertaining Wait, duo. About what? The optimal soup temperature. When do we talk about soup? Uh, never. We never have. He's just saying that's something he could see us talking about. Oh, he could watch us talk he's about giving anything. us... I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Thank you for the kind comment. I'm... Curious what your optimal food temperature is, Ryan. I learned actually from a thanks to a pro tip from uh, Alec at White Whale Comics. Beards and soup don't mix. Wow, it just gets everywhere. I haven't had soup for a long time, so really warm. I guess is my optimal soup temperature, not cold. When was the last time you had soup? It's been like six months at least. I I can't <laughs> even remember the last time I had soup before that though. So you're not a soup guy. No, I like soup a little too hot. Because you know I what like to is? dip things in it. The option at a restaurant, they say super salad. And I'm like, gosh, I should get a salad. I always like getting Caesar salad. Yeah. What's your, what's your salad of choice? Any salad. I don't know if I have a salad of choice. You're like, <laughs> give me salad. Yes. Any salad? <laughs> Any salad that you have. I don't care. Caesar salad's fine. It's safe. It's nice and safe. I need more salad in my life is what I'm saying. Interesting. Soup I can pass on, especially now that I got this mountain man beard. Yeah. What about you? Hmm. You said hot. Caesar salad. I do like, but I, I get soup separately. I like that as my main dish. Really? Yeah. Like, like a good chowder. A, ooh, some crackers in there. Now I'm hungry. You know, some, some clams. I like clams, dude. I like some sea, seafood. And I like dipping bread, like sandwiches, you know, and, or just bread in the soup. Like dip it, dip it, dip it. And then I eat that. Now you know. Now you know. All your questions answered, comic fam. One last comment from Luis Feliciano. Luis, um, thanks for commenting. I'm glad to see that I'm not the only person who started collecting this past year. If it wasn't for this show and the Key Collector app, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be so excited to continue the hobby. Thanks to Tom, Russ, Guru, and my favorite, Fire Guy Ryan. Happy New Year. That's such a great comment. Thank you, Luis. It's one of the things that I had hoped for to happen 
with the creation of our content. There were a few comments like that on that video too. Like not just Luis was saying that stuff. So it, it's good to hear that, you know, we're actually kind of having some sort of impact on people, not just doing this for fun. Making me feel all warm inside. Appreciate you coming. Like we fam. just ate a bunch of soup. Yeah, I'm feeling like I ate some emotional clam soup. chowder because of that comment. But for real though, thank you so much. And are there any other new collectors? We'd love to hear about maybe what what kind of content that really started yes. the spark because that will help us do more of that to get more people into comic books because that's what our show is about. You know, we say on the YouTube banner, it says comic books, giveaways, but it also says community. We want to grow the community. That's what we like to do. Indeed. Thanks for commenting. Let's now move on to some comic sales that I am stoked about. This happened this week. We're talking about Star Wars. We're talking about not error variants. No, 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 no. We're not talking about like Thor comics being included in a Star Wars comic. No, 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 not, not that. No, we're talking about a rare 35 cent issue number one price variant of Star Wars number one. Why did they make 35 cent variants to begin with? And they weren't necessarily looked at as a variant when they were made. Well, back then, the normal price for a comic was 30 cents. Sure. So to kind of test the waters and see how people reacted they they put out some 35 cent variants of certain comic books at the time distributed it's kind of hard to notice but yeah it looks exactly the same except 30 or 35 cents up there in the price yeah and you're going to notice that the star wars comic we're talking about there's a handful of reprints of this issue but no we're talking about the one that looks like standard cover a it's got a box it's not a diamond shape and it says 35 cents in there and this is just a occasion where it happened during the first really first few issues of star wars they were 35 cent variants and they went out and you can still find them and they are hyper scarce clearly and they are expensive and we had a couple sales recently and i want to get into that the first one that i want to talk about just happened this week it's an ado i looked up it had over 1300 views in its lifespan on ebay and it sold for approximately looks like as $9,000. It could be a little less. It was an or best offer and I couldn't get a confirmation on, you know, the actual sale or if it was nine grand, but the site says it's sold for nine K and for an eight Oh star Wars, 35 cent price variant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that isn't 10 K. That's such a rare book. It's such a legendary key. And let's talk about a recent low grade sale that hit in November. I have another sale here that I want to report on sold in November. It's a low grade. It doesn't look very good, but it sold for $1,200. Okay. This is raw, a raw copy. Someone got lucky and found this thing. It looks like someone found this thing. Now let's go back just a month prior to that. We have a 2.5 graded 35 cent Star Wars variant. It's crazy that these are coming up first off. Like you don't see these very often, but we had like month over month. They started coming out of the woodwork. A 2.5 sold for $2,000 in October. Okay. Now, how does that compare to the later issues that have an, that also have a 35 cent variant? Well, there was a number four that sold for $555 just this past week. People care about these price variants because the value is so substantially more than their cover a counterpart. And what's cool is that Key Collector has an entire category that's about these priced variants. Specifically, it's called the check your collection category because it's not just 35 cent variants. This testing of the waters happened 
all throughout comic book history. And there are comics that ha- that just at those times hit the market, sometimes correctly, sometimes incorrectly. We'll get into it. And now there is a hyper scarce amount of those particular issues that you need to know about because you may have one of these in your collection and not even know it. It's really hard to notice, like especially if you're not somebody uh, like Tom or somebody like me who never even knew these things existed. They go right over you. So we're talking about the check your collections category. The very first picture that shows on this category is an Iron Fist 14, the first appearance of Sabretooth, right? All right, a 6.5 graded, $150 book. A 6.5 graded of the 35 cent variant, $2,000 value. What? I know. But you got to think about this. The key significance of that particular book was unknown at that time. It was just another book coming out that month. How many people were buying Iron Fist? How many Iron Fist comics were made that went out to that particular area where there was a variant of the price? Not many. So that particular one is hyper scarce. You see a crazy price difference. I want to talk about three different comics that are in this category that seemingly have nothing to do with one another. But there are three things that they have in common with one another. The first thing is this issue of love romances, issue number 97. Uh, let's uh, chat about this cover first. Right. So we have... It's a lot going on here. It's a breakup scene. Okay, so we have this lady who says, Would you have made the decision that I did? Judge yourself after you read my real story. She looks like she's crying. She was just, I think, broken up with. He is the only man I've ever loved, I ever wanted, and the only man I can never have. Sad day. We can never be married, Vivian. Let's speak it off now and spare both of us any future heartbreak. Goodbye, little girl. Don't dare miss Little Girl, a tale that will tug at your heartstrings. All right, interesting stuff. Let's, all right, now let's look at the next book on this list here. That sounds so depressing. It does sound really depressing. <laughs> but let me lift you up here because we're going to talk about Gunsmoke Western and we're talking about issue number 68. Okay. This book. A, this is another active cover. There's a lot going on here too. Anatomy of a gunfight. <laughs> Make it happen. This old timey cowboy guy on the front. <clears throat> let me try. Do it, man. Too bad, kid. You finally met three gunmen who ain't afeard of you. Afeard. <laughs> Ain't afeard of you. <laughs> oh my God. Thrill to the blazing gun wizardry of Kid Cult Outlaw. All right. Again, these have something to do with one another. We're going we're gonna to link them together. How can those possibly be related? We have romance. We have Western. All right. And we have another one. We have Journey into Mystery, issue number 76. Can you please just... Okay, first off, we have to describe <laughs> what this is. What is happening on this Okay, cover? so it's a genie. He's coming out of a bottle. He looks super scary. Yep. People are petrified on the streets. It looks like they're in like an industrial zone or some like, I don't power know. Power plant or power something. Power plant, yeah. iron giant status. And it says here, the genie with the light brown hair and his master's slave. Or was he? That's not light brown hair. That's all I can see. Yeah. They specifically point out the shade of his hair and... That's black. That is black hair. Yeah, it definitely looks like black hair. Maybe in person, this would look a little bit lighter. I don't know. But all right, if you were to guess, I mean, other than the category being price variants, what do you think are the things that could make these similar, Ryan? The only thing that you comes know. to mind is that they, they look kind of similar. Like they must have come out at the same time is what I'm thinking. Okay, so you are correct. 
They all came out in January 1962. Okay. Very specific. Very good. Okay. okay. Well, it matters. This matters. Okay. So this is the first thing. They were all written by Stanley. Interesting. That's fun, right? Stan the man. That dude had love romances. Creative genius, dude. He's thinking about a romance. He's thinking about like a monster genie story. And then he's like westerns. Let's get into westerns like gunfighting and stuff. It's cool. Okay. So they're all by Stanley. And, and yes, they all came out in January 1962. But these three comics are all price variant issues. Okay. Notice that on all three of these covers in the top right and where you would typically see a price, what is there? They're black spot. There's a black spot. The black spot. Ah! This right here is the indicator on if you have a price variant. Because what happened this month is that Marvel made the switch from 10 cents to 12 cents, but they did it before the interior pages could be printed. So yes, they were all printed at the same time, which is important because this is at a time where Marvel was moving from a 10 cent cover price to a 12 cent cover price. And they made this switch in a month where the interiors had already been printed and the covers were already printed for some as well. So they had to change it. Well, what did they do? Well, they didn't want to reprint the interiors of all of them. So what they did is they kept the 10 cents on the interior but on the outside, they put a black spot over the 10 cent and just added a 12 cent. So you are looking for the black spot. And if you really want to double check, you open it up and look at the bottom. And if it says 10 cents for this comic book with a 12 cent indicator on the front next right. to that black spot, you have a price variant of these three issues. They're the only three that this happened to. Oh, wow. And they all have high sales for high grade copies of 900 plus dollars. Three comics you wouldn't think go together, but they go so well together. Stan was doing a lot in the early 60s. Dude, I'm excited about like the community starting to go through and better understand the history of all of these comics and how they came to be. The more you understand, the more you know what to look for. And I'm interested to see who's going to be interested in collecting stuff that they wouldn't typically want to collect. Like That makes me want all three of these comics. Me too. But I'm not really collecting a bunch of romance. No, me neither. But or westerns. But those are that. three awesome covers. I just I need those. All right. Well, this cover right here, this yes. comic book, this freaking awesome, awesome comic book messed me up as a kid. But it, technically, it wasn't directly. It was indirect. Why? Because this comic doesn't exist. Okay. But it's right there. But it's right there. Okay. Well, we're going to get into this. Where is this comic book from? This comic is from the classic 90s television show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? This show screwed me up as a kid. Me too. Specifically this episode. Okay. We're talking about season four. We're talking about in 1994, this Y7 show. It was a horror anthology. Right. Released on Nickelodeon for children to watch. Mm -hmm. And it is surprising that they were able to accomplish this. I barely remember any other episode of this show strangely enough but for 25 years this one single story stuck in my brain and i remember last year when you we first floated this idea for this storyline this kind of series of content last year and we sat down and we watched this episode and i remember like before before you showed it to me we talked about are you afraid of the dark and then i said it's the one with the guy right the clown guy that's right we're talking about the tale of the ghastly grinner. 
and this is important. This is a show that may not be like on your top picks to go through again, but this is an episode that every comic book collector needs to know. It's historical for everyone in the 90s who grew up around like the 90s craze because this story, it was like debuting at a time when comic books were just on people's minds in the early 90s from the ramp up of independent comics to the boom of what would happen just soon after the airing of the show. We're talking about episode nine. Right. Let's go over first about what this story is about. It's about a kid named Ethan Wood. He can't be more than 11 years old. All right. And he is struggling getting his comic book art debuted. He's trying to get picked up by a publisher. Right. He's a comic fan slash comic creator. Independent, you know, he's trying to he's trying to become a comic creator when he gets older. Yeah, and I think he's a little too hard on himself. Right. He's, he's getting a, really frustrated. He's a little kid. He's already doing pretty good. He's doing like, really well. Doing he's motivated. Yes. Very motivated. Um, this is actually played by Amos Crowley, who you may not recognize that name, but if you've seen The Virgin Suicides, he was one of the kids that communicated with the family of women across the street. If you have never seen this movie, this information doesn't matter to you. But if you have, you're going to love this little random tidbit of information because that is a classic cult movie and I love it. So anyways, Ethan Wood. Ethan Wood. He is getting declined over and over again. It reminds me of Todd McFarlane and his story about sending out art, trying to get picked up by publishers, sending out what he says was over a thousand packages to different publishing companies all the time. He would just keep on doing it until they got sick of them because he knew eventually they would, one of them, one of them would open it, maybe give him a shot. Unfortunately, it did. Well, that's what Ethan's trying to do. And it, it ain't working. He's young, but it ain't working. So he gets a letter from the comic book store. And the comic book store is like, hey, come on in. Check out our comics. He goes to a comic book store in Canada. These were all filmed in Canada. And that's why this is important. For this one scene right here? Is that what you're talking about? The When he goes into the comic shop? It is, but we're going to touch... We'll bring him back to this. Let's tell him about what this story is about. What cool. happens when he goes to the comic book store? He goes to the comic book store... And he meets this girl that works there. And she gives him a very rare, unique comic book. Yes. he gives. She gives him this. That comic book. Yeah. Ghastly Grinner number one. Okay. And she tells him that this is the only one that's made in existence. And that, you know, she's going to gift it to him. He seems like a cool kid. So he takes the comic book. He takes it to school. And he right. starts reading it in class. And what happens? Don't read comics in class, kids, because your teacher might take them and dunk them in the fish tank. That's right. The teacher got pissed, took his prized possession, his new prized possession. <sighs> One-of-a-kind comic book. And dunks it. Do you see what's going on here? If it was in a slab, maybe it wouldn't have... Uh... No, we've proven it. <laughs> right? They are not waterproof. Not waterproof. <laughs> they are not waterproof. Okay. No, but <laughs> do you see what's going on here? It's like we have a kid's show in the 90s, and they are using the premise of comic books being damaged as like the basis of their plot. That's what that's what inter that's interesting because that's what ties it into the last time we did this segment with uh the movie in the airplane. That, that guy was also right wrecking the kid's comic book that was in the plastic. So the kid, he can still read the comic, but that doesn't matter. It's all saturated. I don't know if you could read it that well, right? Oh it's he could it looked like you can still read it. Mm. But the problem Christ. is is the kid wants to collect it. So he's gonna try to repair it. What does Ethan Wood do? To this comic book. It's a very smart idea. It's, I don't see anything wrong with this idea at all. He takes his comic book and puts it in the microwave to kind of get rid of the, the water. 
thinking it's going to like evaporate it or something. You know what? It's not going to press the comic, and I don't encourage anyone to do that. We tried doing that with the Turok at one point. It was the day we watched this. We sat in here, we sat in this very room. Oh my gosh, you're right. We watched, we watched that. That's why we did here. that. Oh my gosh. We we did a whole we filmed a bunch of stuff on this oh premise last year. I totally forgot that that's why we did that whole thing. And we made a, a, va- a vow, a solemn pact that the only comic we would ever damage if we were going to damage comic books for any reason was going to be Turok number 1. So right. we put Turok number 1 in the microwave just to see you know what happens when you put a comic book in the microwave. But that comic has foil on the cover. Yeah. Don't microwave foil. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, who knows what's going to happen, man? Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are going to happen. Dinosaurs is going to happen. Oh, that's right. And as you'll find out from Ethan Wood, don't microwave your horror comic book because what happens is he unleashes the villain, the ghastly grinner, a clown who looks demonic. Terrifying. Who makes his family members, like Ethan's parents and family members and members of his society, into mindless zombie-like creatures that bleed blue blood from their mouths. This is a Y7 show. This screwed me up as a child. You'd be watching this after like Rocco's Modern Life or like Rugrats or Doug. And here you go. Open that. What? I'm opening this? Okay, now you have permission. He hasn't seen this. Open it up and take a look at what's inside. This is important. Go ahead. Do it. I'm scared something's going to fly out. Do it. Here. Nothing's like, going to fly out at you, I promise. Me. It's You're not going to see the ghastly grinner get all, like, you know, turning you into a zombie or something. What do, you, what do you see there? Describe what you're seeing. What are you doing right I now? I'm opening. <laughs> <laughs> it's Turok. Wait, what? The inside. Explain. It's Turok. Wait, what, what's going on? <laughs> what is going on? Take the cover. Separate it. Take the cover. Take the cover. Separate it. It's not real. It's not real. This comic doesn't exist. Okay. This is a replica cover that I put a Turok number one to give it some added volume so it looks like a real comic. This is a reproduction of a comic that doesn't exist because of this show. And I wanted to use a Turok in there because, you know, if I'm going to hide a comic book forever. This is the one we microwave. That's that's the one. one Oh, move that. Pick that up. That's that's the tape. Ah! Here. Right on camera, everyone. It's okay. I'm going to fix it. Rip. He did that on camera. It's my fault. Comic fam. Comic fam. It's like my fault. Subscribe. It's okay. It's a replica. It's a replica cover, and I just wanted the front. It's okay. The front's all that matters. <laughs> the front's all that matters. Oh, God. I love what it. You, get when you, have you placed it down. Uh, you placed it right down on the I tape. Did. You watched it happen, too. It's okay. It's uh. okay. It's not a real comic. So if there was one to have it happen, it'd be this one. And I'm going to keep it in the bag mm-hmm. that you screwed it up on. Thank you. It's okay. Anyways, remembering my shame for years and it's years. It's okay. You just you're damaging the statues. And you're damaging right. our repo fake covers. This is why. It's okay. This is why you don't have me in the same room with Jeff anymore. Because <laughs> he's gonna bring in those Detective Twenty Sevens, and I'll be like, well, "What you got?" Oh my goodness. <sighs> this is something that I wanted to own for my collection, just because I wanted the cover. I think this is cool. Yes. And I have other reproductions on their way because this is a section where we like to bring comic books that break into the mainstream and that hit press and that hit the internet or hit television shows or movies, music even, to the mic. But this isn't a real issue. This isn't one of those moments where I'm going, whoa, there's a comic. Whoa. It, doesn't, it doesn't exist. This isn't what makes it worthy of being in this show. No, we're going to go back. We're going to go back a little bit to when this Ethan Wood enters the comic shop 
This is a real comic shop in Canada. It's a real comic shop. They filmed it in the 90, 94, probably maybe early 94, late 93. In a real comic shop, they clearly did not take down any of the decorations or comic books that they had scattered throughout the store. So as little Ethan is walking around this shop, kind of wondering, you know, why am I here? Who sent me this letter? What am I doing? He's looking around and you can see comic books on the rack that are real. You can see Savage Dragon. You can see Star Trek. There's Punisher in there. It's a lot of X-Force in there. Right. Think of the 90s comics and comic exactly. fan. They're not all showcased in this picture. But if you recognize any of these issues, you can only see kind of like the tops of a lot of them. Let us know in the comment section below which ones they are. We'll give you some credit in future videos. Yeah, like a no prize or something. Yeah, something. Because it's crazy to think that they got away with this. This They're is official licensed Marvel product. You're seeing Wolverine on screen. Like a alongside uh, a Superman cardboard cutout too. So there's like different companies happening here. You got Image DC and Marvel Comics all in this one comic shop that I don't think they would let happen today if so, they were to film something like this now. It's kind of like a little time capsule because that's what was on the shelf Yep. at that time when they rented out that store probably for the day. How that's cool. actually probably the best way to figure out what you know when they filmed it there. It was based on which week's comics were on the wall that day. Oh, that's a good right? point. Yeah, if we can figure out some of these comics, comic fam, help us out. You can see out. the titles, but it's it's hard to make out anything other than like you know the bottom, the top, very very small part of the cover. But you can tell what color the covers are, so you, you might be able to you know. Yeah, I recognize some of the logos, and right. honestly, we could go through every cover of X Force. But I know there's some X Force diehards out there who are going to go, oh no, I know what comic that is. I know exactly which one that is off the top of my head. It's so cool. So, anyways, whoa. That's a comic. Loving this segment. And if you know of any others, just put them in the description in the comment section below. We're gonna go through them. It's fun. We're gonna chat about them on the mic. And you know, while we're talking about restored covers or reproduction covers. Or damaging comics. Or in damaging any way. comics, exactly, Ryan. Right. Well done. Well done. Again, it's okay. I did that on purpose to because I knew what we were talking about next. I'm, you, I'm just see. glad you didn't do it on the front. Me too. You did on the back. I, I don't care left. about the back. It's a, it's a fake cover. It's the front. Oh the front God. is what I wanted. Dude, oh. I had to get I got this from the UK. Oh wow. Yeah. I paid a little more than I would like to admit. <laughs> Probably should have for a blank cover like it's that. It's a blank cover, man. That's it's, cool. It's fake though. I like it. I think it's kind of interesting. All right. So we're talking about reproduction covers. We're talking about covers that aren't real, right? We're also talking about, you know, restoration a little bit. We're talking about making something new that wasn't there, tampering a little bit with comics. And that got me to this next subject of the show where I kind of want to do a community shout out. We're talking about a Facebook page that I follow that I, I've learned a lot from, and I wanted to bring it to the community's attention. We're talking about hero restoration. Now what spawned this idea? I was chatting with Jeff on the mic last I remember week. remember that, yeah. What was going on? It was a slab that he wanted, but that had restoration that was done to it. So in his mind, case closed. No, pass. That's correct. Some members of the community don't like restored comics. It's a hard line. They say no. Or, you know, they're going to have to decide whether or not they want to get like a higher grade restored purple label versus a non-restored blue label. You know, it's going to be cheaper. You may get that higher grade, but it's not all original. There's some stuff happening to it. Collectors, they vary. But I like to think right now, based off of kind of the community in the comment section, let us know what you think about Restored Comics. We'd like to hear from you. I think that over time, it's gotten worse and people don't want it nearly as much. And based off of like how Jeff talks about it, even Russ, I think that that right there is an indicator. But I was going through Wizard Magazine, right? I found a handful of the early issues this past week. And I was going through and I found a couple ads for comic book restoration companies. And I was reading through it thinking, oh my goodness, like, what is this? Like, there's got to be 
more to this, a community of people okay with restoration that they have like reason to put an ad in a comic book collector's magazine. The view was different back then. Restoration wasn't looked at as a negative thing as much as it is today. There's a lot of people who don't care. We were talking about Todd McFarlane having some restored comics in his collection. Clearly he doesn't care either, right? So Hero Restoration is a restoration company. And I think you can learn a lot from these artists because what they do is a bit different because some people may poo-poo restoration, but sometimes restoration is a good idea. And I see it for what that is based off of the type of work that they take on. So I showed you this Facebook page. What did you see? It's a lot more that goes into it than you would think on the surface. I hear restoration and my rookie brain pictures somebody going in with a Sharpie and filling in some blacks that got maybe faded out over the years or coloring in some red stuff that maybe got smudged out or fixing a staple maybe or some, some really individual kind of small tiny little things. But this goes way above and beyond what I had imagined it would be. This is a recent post they did. Look at this video. Multiple comic book covers, but similar to this fake comic book, but these are real comic books in this video. I mean, we're looking at first Spider-Man, we have X-Men 1, and we have just the cover. In order to restore a comic book, especially the cover, you got to remove it from the staples. So look at all these pages. And comic fam, for our audio listeners, we're looking at page after page after page of key, expensive, some Golden Age comics, a lot of comics that you would recognize, but just the cover because the staples were removed. Because how are you going to fix them? So I want to get into this a little bit more because I think we can learn a little bit, especially if your gut reaction is, why would you ever do this? Okay. Why would you ever do this? How could you ever touch a comic book? Why would you ever want it restored? There's never a time that you would want your comic book restored. Okay. Well, here, I'm going to answer your question with a detailed analysis of how they restored an Avengers 1. And then you can consider this a little differently if you look at restoration as a bad thing. So take a look at this Avengers number one. The previous condition of this book prior to being handled by Heroes Restoration was as followed. So on this Avengers one, they had trimmed the sides. So all of the sides, uh, not counting the spine, the top, the opposite of the spine, and then the bottom, a little bit was trimmed off of all three of those edges. And it is noticeable. That's right. It was already trimmed. So the first thing is the comic's already been tampered with. That's a good point. Like, I I wouldn't have thought that. If it's already tampered with, then you might as well, I guess. Right. Well, you keep reading. It says there was moderate amateur color touch already on the cover. All right. Also, there's a moderate amount of what was a combination of tape-like adhesive with paper carriers. There was added paper to this comic book. Also, the book is just generally in very low grade. Take a look at the art. It may not look like it right now. We'll show comp- comparisons here in a second for a before and after. But if you look at the trimming that's gone on, you're missing art. You're missing parts of Loki's arm on that classic Kirby cover. And this book was not a good restoration reversal candidate, as Hero Restoration says on this post. So some people are like, oh, let's buy a restored comic and let's undo the restoration, give it the blue label that it deserves, right? Well, you can do that sometimes. In this case, professional and very clearly by the pictures, you can't do it with this book. This book is long gone. This is a restored book permanently now and forever. So what do you do? 
So in a case like that, you have a little more freedom, I guess, to kind of try things <laughs> with it. Like, I would never attempt any of this stuff. I am nowhere near qualified like Mr. Hero Restoration is. But it's very interesting to see what somebody like that can do when they uh, really dig into a comic book, so to speak. So there has to be limits. How does someone work this out? They put a line in the sand. Don't make that grade bump above this. So don't go out of your way to do more work than necessary because there's only you're working with a value. Like no matter what, there's going to be a value to what you do. And you can pay a lot of money to get this fixed. So let's go over what they did to this comic book. It's amazing. They started by removing the tape. They extracted the tape adhesive stains out of the paper. They washed the cover in a water-based solution. If you can see the pictures of this comic fam, the before, it looks so grimy. You can see marker on the inside cover. This is a prime indicator if there's color touch. Because on the cover, you, it may look like black marker like you described, right? Right. Like someone may have just blacked the spine. You're thinking, oh, it just looks like black. You're not going to see it. No, it bleeds through. You can open it up and you can see marker on the inside. That is your indicator that there is color touch. Correct. And notice this inside cover, this is clean. Leaf casted, new paper pulp around perimeter and spine. Oh, that extra paper is gone now. How it got trimmed before, they're replacing the uh, stuff that was trimmed on the edges. Ooh, and they added paper. Okay, so. I didn't even know you could do something like that. They're adding paper to fill out the cover's edges. How do you add paper but keep the comic looking the same? Magic. Wizardry. Alchemy. Right? I don't know what these people are doing. Alphonse, where are you at? No. You have to pay an artist to redraw. It's a very specific kind of craftsmanship. They had to get the gloss to match. They had to seal it, and they had to assemble this book. There was added color touch, and they had to extend out the art to the new dimensions. Extending out the art. They had an artist. Shout out to Sophie Vitri for the excellent color touch and art recreation. So we're looking at a side-by-side now. Notice just a little bit of art, how much further this comic book goes. It's a masterpiece. This is art. Now, it's maybe not something some collectors would want, but argue with me here. Is this a process that you can't respect? This is amazing. It's something I had not even looked into, and it, until you kind of see exactly what the nitty-gritty of this looks like, it's hard to really get a full appreciation and understanding of what actually goes into it, and it makes you, yeah, it does make you appreciate and respect it a little bit more. Right. It's like, do you want the one version of the comic that looks accurate, that is damaged and worn, or you could pay and have it spruced up a little bit, have it touched up, look a little bit more like it did the day it came off the uh, off the press back in the day. So kind of just depends on what the individual collector wants. And so, again, some people think that, oh, you know, I don't want to touch an existing comic. And I hear you there. I personally don't want to do that either. But I've also never been presented with a, a, a comic that's so expensive where I would consider doing it. But this is an example that I think a lot of people don't consider. What if it's already messed up? If you have a really, really expensive, important key that's already been, yeah, manipulated and, and color-touched and, and messed with beforehand, like, at that point... Dude, if my dad gave me, an, like, this particular comic... Yeah. If he, like, if it was a gift from when I was a kid or something that happened to have color-touch and have problems, maybe I did it, who knows? Like, that book means something to me. The key value, it would be secondary. Like, sure. So a lot of people, their, their comic books mean more than just, like what they paid for on the day or like a when dollar they got it. or something. Yeah. It's like there's sentimental there's value, sentimental value. That person I could imagine going like, yeah, I'm going to pay what I want to pay because keep I'm keeping it. This particular book intact. Yeah, exactly. So 
Hope the comic fan found a little value to that. Very. I want to give a diverse opinion on this show because everyone has different opinions about comics. We all collect differently. So I figure highlight someone in the community. I'll put their Facebook link in the description below so you can follow them, see the cool work that they're doing. Side note, they also mentioned that the like second to Spider-Man character that comes in the most for restoration purposes is Wolverine. Oh boy. It's kind of a fun little coincidence, but like it makes sense. I think that right there is super telling that Wolverine is like such a focus for comic book collectors in 2020. That's very true. Take a look at this picture. It's freaking gorgeous. They're, they're saving comics over there. I'm, I'm interested to know what the community thinks about restored comic books. Do you buy them? What's your line? What's too much? I want to know about it in the Let's comment talk. section below. And now I want to know about Christian Bale coming back to the superhero universe, but not the same one that he entered in with. We're not talking about Dark Knight. We're not talking about more Batman. Robert Pattinson, he's got that down. I'm getting more and more excited every single day about Robert Pattinson. That's a whole other rant. Maybe we'll, we'll save that for another day, but this dude is impressing me. Just got to get that out there into the ether. This dude's going to freaking kill it as Batman. Good time, man. Got to watch Good Time. Oh my gosh. Showed you the trailer before we started this. Dude, I don't even know, man. Watch I mean, Good Time, comic fam. Okay, Good Time, but that's not the only recommendation. Good Time. I want to see The Lighthouse. I haven't seen The Lighthouse yet, but that looks intense. A24. That doesn't look like it's going to be for everybody. It's going to be for me, though. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get into it. Me too. Okay, so we talked about horror and scary stuff on this show, right? Right. Ghastly Grinner. Scary as it gets. This messed me up as a kid. I want to talk about other stuff. Other horror. That messed with us as kids? That's, yeah. I want to get into that in the after show. show. That's okay. going to happen on, again, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. So, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. He's not going to be doing more Batman stuff. No. Robert Pattinson? Good. Got it. Okay. But we have word from the Hollywood Reporter that he's being eyed for Thor, the next movie. Thor, Love and Thunder. Which is supposed to be kind of a comedy It's directed thing. by Taika Waititi again, who did Thor Ragnarok. So if, if we can expect something, you know, kind of off the, off the beaten path like that movie was. Dude, I like that, that movie, man. That movie was man. fantastic. It was That's so good. Top tier MCU for me. Okay, so... Christian Bale coming in to do a, a Marvel role. To do what? Uh, I don't know. But Hollywood Reporter. Okay. We can spec, obviously. You know, we can spec on the show. We all can. We, want. we do that kind of stuff. We do. But here's the thing. They did it. They did it. They speculated on what Christian Bale might be doing in this Thor movie. They broke the news, and then they gave a list of characters. So It's a one-two punch. That's very helpful. It is very helpful. And I think it's important because this is what the masses is thinking about right now. Right. This is a Hollywood trade magazine, not necessarily a comic book specific thing. So these these people aren't necessarily neck deep in the comics like us. So they uh, threw out, I think, three examples for characters that um, Christian Four. Bale might be playing. Four? Four examples. Four of them. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go through them right now and talk about their key appearances and what's going on. So... The first person that is on the Hollywood Reporter's spec radar, but was also a obvious spec radar for a key collector for a long time now, is Balder the Brave. This is Thor's half-brother. This is an OG character. I mean, you'd kind of think that this character would have been introduced a long time ago. I mean, his first appearance is Journey into Mystery 85. I don't have a feeling this particular comic is going to go up that much more in value than it already is, though. Right? That's the first appearance of Loki. Yeah, that's a strong Kia appearance. That's always going to take the cake for most notable. Yeah. I mean, it's a $4,000 book in high grade, and that's like, you know. Reminds me of how Batman 1 has the first appearance of Joker and Catwoman. But it's Batman 1. Right. So like, some things are going to kind of get ignored, and I think you can make the case for Balder. What is their case? 
So their case for Bale as Balder, uh, we, we pulled a few quotes from the article from the writer Richard Newby. He says, Bale definitely has the looks for Balder, but unfortunately, Balder seems like a character who should have been introduced much earlier in the franchise, which I kind of have to agree with. But it's a character that wouldn't have his face covered. Christian Bale is an A-list actor. You would assume that they would want to debut him as a character where you can see him more. Counterpoint, though. Okay, do it. Rocket Raccoon and Groot. True. Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, those are, those are big deal guys. And they're, That's true. It could be. I, I would say probably Twice not with Christian Bale. I don't think Christian Bale has like a, a voice like the right. two of them do. So That's true. I mean, yeah. and, and honestly, do you really want Vin Diesel on screen? Probably not. You want his voice. Let, leave him to Except Bloodshot. for Bloodshot. Yeah. Bloodshot. Hey, yeah. I'm all in for Bloodshot, dude. I'm going to see that. I'll be, I'm excited. I'll be waiting at home on that one. <laughs> okay. enjoy, enjoy Bloodshot. I, I'm excited. I don't care. No, okay. All right. The next spec, according to The Hollywood Reporter. This one was interesting. I didn't see this coming. Dude, it's interesting to see the words Gore the God Butcher on The Hollywood Reporter. That's I feel like I, it's a little too close to home for the combat community. Right? That's how you know stuff. I like a real. little diff, distance a little bit. Just talk about Balder and Loki and like... That's okay. The, the, you know, the, the normal guys. The normal stuff. But they're like, oh no, it could be Gore the God Butcher. First <laughs> appearance. Oh my goodness. Thor, uh, God of Thunder, number two. We're talking about Jason Aaron. Right? This right. is, this the is recent. antagonist. Correct. $30 high, you know, high for this comic book. And it's, it's, it's been on spec writer for a long time. I would very much love to see them pull some stuff from Jason Aaron. That's a tough one, man. I mean, that's like... This is heavy. That's like, heavy. He's a deity killer. He's basically a serial killer of gods. Yeah, you don't want to mess with this dude. And, and I, he's I can't see the this. villain of that run. This doesn't feel like it, it would mesh well with, with Taika's uh, directing style and the, and the humor sensibilities that he's brought to the Thor films lately. I don't know. It, it could be maybe that maybe if they want to make it really, really dark and make it kind of funny in that way. Or make him one of the lead antagonists in Marvel because that right there is someone who's, to me modern time Thanos level type of character. Like he is, right. he's not somebody you just like you throw into a movie and then he's gone, which you know, they don't want to do that with Christian Bale. I almost feel like they should save Gore, the God butcher for like, this feels way down the road, but whenever they're done with Chris Hemsworth, when they're done with Thor and they bring Thor back for a new series, like eventually when they reboot Thor, whenever that's going to happen, bring Gore, the God butcher in for that. Okay. Let's talk about Dario Egger. So this guy's actually been on Key Collector for a while as a spec book. This character, Dario Agger, Agger, I'm not sure which one, but he is the uh, CEO of the Roxxon Oil Energy Corporation. That's actually been referenced a few times in the background of like the Iron Man movies specifically. So there is precedent in the MCU for the Roxxon to be a thing. He's a CEO, dude. He could be rocking a suit, maybe with a business card that he's kind of obsessed kind about. Of, you see? Mm-hmm. Huh? That's why people are thinking they might be looking at Christian Bale for this guy. Yeah, he, uh, he also happens to uh, American Psycho. By the way, was a reference. Thank you. He also this character Dario Agger happens to be a uh, half Minotaur person. He can like transform into a Minotaur. So which... you get both. You can get his personality. You know, you get his face on screen, but then you also have the mightiness of this like right. being. And uh, Mr. Newby, the uh, the writer of this article, pointed out how that's the Minotaur aspect definitely feels like something that would be in Taika's wheelhouse. It's very strange and weird to have a guy suddenly transform into a Minotaur, maybe even in the middle of some kind of conference meeting at the you know at the head of his corporation or something. I could see something really creepy and funny happening with that. Exactly. This is a uh, on the high end a twelve dollar book, but it's been on Spec Writer as you mentioned for a minute, and there have been some ties to other movies, hasn't? Yeah, that corporation has showed up in the Iron Man films before. It is a good 
I said he made a he made a pretty uh, a blunt point about how making the villain of this movie the head of an oil company in the in the midst of you know certain like fire situations that may be happening in Australia. You know, there's there's certain wildfire climate related things happening in the world right now. It wouldn't be the worst idea, I think, especially if he's a big scary minotaur guy slash creepy Christian Bale American Psycho kind of dude. Okay, well you said it then. You said he's you know turning into some type of animal-like character. There's one more person, one more character on this list that we've all been excited to see. We've all been waiting to see. We saw him on the building in Thor Ragnarok. That's right. Uh, are you talking about Beta Ray Bill? Beta Ray Bill, baby. Come on, dude. Bring him in. Yeah. But are they going to give Christian Bale a <laughs> I <don't> horse head? <laughs> I don't know if I see Christian Bale doing this. I don't know about that, though. Yeah. I, I want also... to. Dude, I would. Imagine if they did it, though. Imagine if they're like, oh, Christian Bale's in this movie, and then he's just got a, a freaking he's horse be. head. Yeah. That would be. That kind of looks like him. They have to make him a little, little simple. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That'll that'll be good. Let's let's line up for that one. I personally don't understand how they're possibly going to make Beta Ray Bill work, but you know they've done they've done Stranger Things in these movies. So Beta Ray Bill, maybe maybe that's who Christian Bale is going to be playing. We all know this key book first appearing in issue three thirty seven. It's ninety dollars for a high end copy. If you can find it for that price, you'd be sitting good right now. It's a great book, man. It does feel like he's bound to pop at some point in some adaptation of something in the MCU. I just oh. personally can't see how it's going to work. He seems way too ridiculous to me, but I, I don't know. I'm down, to, I'm down to have my mind changed on that one. What do you think, comic fam? Let us know in the comment section below. Who do you want to see Christian Bale play? Dude. I'm just glad he's coming back. Like, I'm he, I missed him. He was, he was a pretty cool Batman. <laughs> you missed him. Right? I yeah, missed him. I missed him too. He did, play a, he did play a really good Dick Cheney, though, I got to say, and Vice. I did watch that movie. There he's been go. doing some cool things in between Batman and whatever he's going to be doing in Thor, but it's good to have him back in like comic book stuff. <sighs> I'm stoked, man. I'm all about it. And you should definitely go onto Key Collector, download it, and make sure that you use that code TOM101. It's going to unlock your key alerts. It's going to make it so that you are always up to date on what's going on. When this information gets updated and one of these characters looks like they're you know, possibly going to be outdoing one another, maybe they're going to go one way or another, well, Key Collector is going to let you know. We got a key alert just a few days ago about Colin Farrell as the penguin. Like That got, that got ironed in, and boom, you get a notification on your phone. And that's honestly my favorite part about the app. You check your phone and you can just get news sent to your phone, to your notifications updated. Like, oh, Colin Farrell's the penguin. Cool. Go on with my day. I know that now. Yeah. Thank you, Nick. Boom. Making it happen. For the comic book community. Very influential. Appreciate it. All right, comic fan. Hit the subscribe button. We make a lot of comic book themed content. We are going to continue this conversation onto the after show. So come join us there. Hit the like button if you found any value to the content that we do. And, of course, as always... Don't forget to geek responsibly. Enough said. Comic fam, we're here. We're back. Ryan is, dude, you know what? You said you were supposed to leave at 1.30. It's 2.49. Holy smokes. Are you, you serious? absolutely need to leave. <laughs> I gotta go home. I know, dude. I'm so sorry. Comic fam. I appreciate it, dude. That's okay. We're gonna. I don't need sleep. Dude, explain to the comic fam your schedule a little bit because you being on the show for over a year and a half now mm -hmm. has not been an easy undertaking. No, I work graveyard. And my normal job, my, my day job, it's not a day job because I work at night, but, you know, it's what I do when I'm not here. I go to work at 11 p.m. every night, and I work until 7 in the morning. And then I usually come here and record with Tom at about 9.30. So basically, it's as if if it was me in my schedule, right. it's like you coming over at like 1 or 2 in the morning. 
sure. starting the process on making a podcast that takes us hours to figure out what we're going to do. We have to do some pre-work as well because we always do it, you know, a little bit a day before, kind of get some ideas out there. Right. We script together for a few hours and then we come in here and we've been going for about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And, and now you're here right now and I'm eating into your sleep time and I appreciate you for doing that. I know the comic fam does as well. If you appreciate Ryan, please give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It goes a long way. And do it for me. Do it for Ryan. Do it for me, comic fam. He's doing it right now. Please. We need your help. And I also want to share with you about the time that I saw Santa Claus. You teased this to me in the living room when we were coming up with ideas. You said you saw Santa Claus and it scared you. Santa okay. Claus is not supposed to be scary. All right. I'm going to get into I it. I guess dude. it is a guy in your living room coming down the chimney. And Okay. Never mind. You just okay. You do this. I okay. This is what happened. So we're talking about stuff that messes up as kids. Right. right? Okay. So. Mine's I, easy. I had a very safe childhood. It was very quick, very easy. It's not going to be scary. Okay, I want to know yours then. I'm going to share my Santa Claus story. I've never shared it on the mic, but this is a true story. But Ryan, I want to hear your, like, what screwed you up as a kid? This isn't even a scary story in the classic sense. Like, there was no intruder in my house, which is what it sounds like your story is going towards. This is me. I was probably, like, nine, okay. eight or nine. I've never heard this, by the way, comic fan. I'm excited is, to hear this. Yeah, don't be. <laughs> don't. No one should be excited to hear this. this is very. No, this is real. <laughs> this no, is real. this is this real. This is important. I want to know. I'm excited for you to share. It's about one of the few life, things Ryan. I remember of you know my pre ten year old years. Okay. Like nobody remembers a lot from when they were less than ten years old. It's true. I so I remember going. It was me, my brother, my mom, and her sister, my aunt. It was the four of us. We were out on some trail. It wasn't even like a trail or anything. It wasn't like in the woods, but it was like a. It was kind of like a, a big bike path sort of thing. In Washington? Yes. Okay. But it wasn't it wasn't like populated. We were like the only people there. Destination trip. You had to sure. go there to, to walk around or something? Yeah. Okay. And I don't remember why. I, I can't even remember. I think I, I think I was on a bike. And I remember just going. Okay. I left them behind and I just went. Okay. I just drove ahead. And suddenly I'm like looking around. I'm like, oh. I look behind me and like, there's no one there. They're gone. I just I went way too far, way too fast. I wasn't thinking. I don't know what was happening in my head. Okay. I just went, and I look around, and there's nobody there. Huh? And then some. I remember that some other people came past the other way, and they were like, "Hey, kid, are you lost?" And I remember just being like, you know, like you're a little kid, and you're like, "Do I say yes? Do I tell this these strange people that I'm lost? Do I just what do I do?" And I remember just kind of going on. I just left left them let them go and i'm still going there by myself riding around on this bike like should i turn around now? <laughs> like, oh my god where's my mom where's my brother <laughs> like, oh my god so eventually i found them but you how long okay so you you thought you were lost i was lost i mean i, I just went ahead and i don't know if maybe they took a turn or something i must have gone back for them because okay. you know i'm alive <laughs> yeah you, you <laughs> made it they found you <laughs> yeah, but, i'm glad but, they found you ryan me too but you got lost do you remember how long you were lost for like it had to be like a half hour oh my gosh like, were, there was a half hour where you're like I don't know where my family is. I don't know where anybody is. I'm in the is. middle of the woods, Blair Witch style. Not even the woods, too. That's the thing. It's it was like, a trail. like, yeah, it was, ah, it's weird. It stuck with me and it freaked me out. And now I've never been lost. Dude, ever again. getting lost as a kid is a thing. I didn't even see it. That's a, that's, that's a great story. That's scary. That's really scary. Okay. Dude, of course that's kind scary. Of. I feel like a home intruder guy. Oh, that's freaking scary, dude. I mean, being, I remember being a kid and getting lost sometimes. Like, that is not a good feeling. I remember, that's a horror. For sure. Yeah, should have at least had my brother with me, man. He's usually right by my side. Especially on in the these woods. Things. It's like when those people drove like rode past you, they planted a seed. They're right? like, 
you're, you lost? And you're like, no. And then all of a sudden for a half hour, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm, I'm absolutely lost. But in the back of my head, I'm still, I'm still fire guy Ryan, even as a little, little kid. And I'm like, those guys are creepy. I don't want to talk to them. They might be murderer, kidnapper people. You're like, I'm so, I'm fine. Oh my gosh. You know, it'd be freaking crazy. I'm just out here by myself. Everything's cool. Can you imagine if in this moment we had footage of you back then mm-hmm. and those people, like one of them was John Locke. Oh, shut up. Can you imagine <laughs> how scary that would be? It's like I'm lost. Yeah. Uh, oh. Tom has brought it back to lost for once. I did. I, I did. Can you imagine? That's what that show was like. It's like, and that whole thing happened, and the guy behind the counter was the dude who shouldn't have never been there, and what the heck's going on, and my, and my, my whole world is, I'm lost. That's what lost was about. That's what it was about. Okay, I had to have been four years old. Right. Okay? Four. It couldn't have been later than that. And I was sleeping next to my mom's bed because it was Christmas Eve. And I like wanted, on the floor next to the bed? Like on the dog? floor. The reason why is because her bed was not, like, there was enough space between her bed and the wall that I can make a fort. Oh, cool. So I, I, and I like, I would position the, the comforter around the nightstand and it gave me enough and I'd put stuff on the other end to hold it up and I had a little fort. And it was Christmas Eve. Basically, so my mom was like, Nick Fury. Yes. Um, it was just me and my mom, single parent. And, um, we were, it's Christmas Eve, the tree was up, you know, gifts and all that good stuff. And I was sleeping next to the bed. She was passed out. Nobody's in the house. She wasn't dating anyone. There, my, my dad and her, they were long divorced for years. It's like, it would be a problem if he was in the house, you know, it wasn't that kind of situation. And it was just us. And it had to have been two in the morning or so. Okay. And I, I wake up and I hear something. So I, I remember like, dude, it's weird because he just said it in the show. Like, it's hard to remember things from when you were younger than nine. Dude, I remember this so specifically. And I've, like, I know this happened. Like, I, I've never been so certain that this moment happened in my life. I heard something. So I, in my head, immediately thought, that's Santa Claus. And if he sees me, he's not going to leave me presents. I remember that thought. Of course. Because, dude, it scared me. There's someone in your house. Oh, my gosh. Santa's not going to leave me in my presence. I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. Okay? So I go to the edge of the bed. I look over to my left. I remember seeing my mom, dude. I remember this. I remember her in bed sleeping. I look over, over her. The, in this room, if we, this would be the bedroom, I would be sleeping right here. This is the bed. My mom's over here on the left. And then where the, uh, the BPRD light-up sign is right back there, imagine a wall being right there and a door where the Spider-Man art is right in the back left. There's a door right, right there. I go to the edge of the bed because I hear something. And I look over and I see the door is you know, open. And all I see is someone, their, their, their boot. I see a boot with like straps on it. Not bells or something, but like I see a boot that looks like a boot. And I see just as it's walking past, just the boot. I miss them walking past. But I'm at the edge of the bed and I see a boot clear the frame. And that boot associated in my head with, it's got to be Santa. If he knows I'm awake, he's going to leave. So I turned around. I shut my eyes as hard as I could and I fell asleep. Woke up the next day and I literally woke up and ran to see if I ruined Christmas. <laughs> and the presents were there. Okay. Didn't think anything of it. World kept us spinning. Nothing was missing. There's nobody breaking in. But that happened, dude. I saw somebody in that house. It wasn't, dude, and I'm serious, dude. Like, you tell your mom? Dude, I've told my, 
freaking family. I told my dad this, and my, my at the time in my youth, I yeah. would share this story with my dad and with like other like people in my life that I cared about. I'm like, no, no, I saw this thing. Like it stuck with me, dude. I saw something. I didn't make this up. Like, why would I even care to bring it up? Yeah. And, and and here's the thing, dude. I don't think I saw Santa Claus. I think I saw someone break into my freaking house. Like, I legit think someone broke into that house. Maybe was like, maybe looking to do something. Right. I mean, I'm not a criminal. Right. But <laughs> if you're gonna break into somebody's house, Christmas Eve, you know, there's right? a lot of presents, you there's know, laying around and stuff. There's like cookies, and, but at the very least, you can get milk and cookies <laughs> everywhere you go, like like a Home Alone scenario. Oh my goodness. You probably but had. Anyway. You probably basically had Home Alone happen to you. Basically. Except you might have gotten murdered. But here's the thing, dude. I didn't like wake up and go, like, Mom, is there anything stolen? Like, I was so young that in my head, I saw presents. I thought everything was good. So I don't know. Maybe there was something stolen. Maybe that was Santa. Yeah. Or maybe someone broke my house and stole jewelry and I didn't know to like, tell my mom. <laughs> and she thinks, like, oh, what happened? Tom must have like thrown these in the toilet or something. That's like, right. Like, I didn't think anything of it. And mm. clearly there was like, I don't remember there being some type of resolve. Like, where did this go? And then I can share, well, last night I saw someone in the house. And, you know, like, no, that, that never happened. But, dude, it happened. Like, I'm not lying to you. I'm not doing this for the freaking show. Right. You know, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's almost like paranormal activity. Yeah, dude, it really is. That's much creepier than the story I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, but the, it's no good. <laughs> Ryan's like, I don't, I don't yeah, like that, I'm dude. It's I'm weird. I'm have you walk out of this room first. I know. That's freaking out. Good. There's someone out there. Anyways, comic fam. Leave you on that note. Yeah, we're going to leave you on that note. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us today in the after show. Thank you for listening to our show. Thank you. Being part of this community. Being here. We appreciate everything you guys do. Oh, my goodness. The community's strong. It's growing and giving us the best job in the world. Have an amazing rest of your week. Peace out, comic fam. Bye. <laughs>